The following is an original audio series from Sierra International Machinery, Pile of Scrap, with your host, John Sacco. Well, hello, hello again, everyone. Here for a new episode of Pile of Scrap, and I think this might be one of the most interesting episodes of Pile of Scrap because I'm not talking with my traditional recyclers. I'm talking to Mark and Kristen Beecham. Yep. Boy, but if you look at that card, it should be Bochamp, but yep. uh, it's Beecham. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Now, your guys' story, and because see, p- Pile of Scrap, I'm in the recycling industry, obviously, and um, you guys were in the used textbook, you're in the used textbook business, but got into recycling paper because... We had a lot of books that weren't going to no make home. it. Yeah, no home, no value. Wasn't it on his podcast? Wasn't that one of the ideas? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the point here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the coolest thing. Yeah. Darren Doan, who, who does a lot of work for Sierra behind the scenes, has helped launch the Pile of Scrap podcast and yeah. Sierra social media, my own individual social media told me the story that he knows these great people who are doing recycled textbooks, you know, getting them back out, and we'll talk about that. But they learned about recycling paper through one of your podcasts. Yep. And I went, wow, <laughs> that was so cool to me to say, well, somebody's not in the industry, mm-hmm. actually, first of all, listened to the podcast, yep. and took something from it, mm-hmm. And it's now doing something, and, and, and we'll get to some of the stuff you're doing. So that, to me, that's that's pretty cool. Okay, yeah. all right? Somebody outside cool. the recycling no. industry. But now awesome. you're in it. So, Mark, Christian, Kristen, sorry. It's okay. Tell us a little bit about Bull Rush Books. I get the name. I, I can't put the name to this. Help me out. Give us your history here. Okay. Bull Rush. You, go, you want it, though? Ladies first, go. Ladies first. Ladies okay, first. so the name or what we, how we started, which one do you want? Go for it. Go, any y'all. Okay, well, we were exiting one job, Mark was, and I was home with the kids. And when we first got married, though, Mark and I had a used bookstore called Ball and Cross Books. Um, the name came from G.K. Chesterton. And, um, and we did that for a number of years with our kids. But the small little coffee shop bookstore was not going to to cover as our family continued to grow. And then there was the economic downturn of 2009. Yeah, and so, I remember that well. The recycling industry was brutal. It was brutal. And then all the bookstores that we had loved and would love to go and visit to were like, oh, maybe one day we'll have a bookstore like that. And <laughs> they were all shutting down and closing their doors. And we're like, oh, man. Hey, is Barnes & Noble still open? They um, are. Are they? Uh, as but, their textbook division is. So they split off their textbook division from their rate. I wonder if there's a few Barnes & Noble stores. Well, I don't even know if a, you can go to a bookstore anymore. I thought everything, you go online and find it. Right. Uh, there's still some bookstores floating okay. around. Yeah. Some of those bigger ones. Oh, anyway, yeah, yeah. so sorry, I got a little sidetracked. Yeah. No, Continue okay. on. So anyway, we, as Mark was kind of making an exit from a job, you found a big, huge pallet full of damaged textbooks yep. um, at the recycling center. And... That was a local textbook company that had gotten a good deal buying kind of the rejects from a company that were probably too damaged to rent, but there was kind of a a good chance you could find one or two out of the pile that didn't really have a problem or moderate problems, enough so you could just take the whole pallet, pitch the ones that are really beat up, keep the ones that are kind of sort of beat up, 
sell those online, you know, um, sell them as damaged, but you could sell them easily without having to do any work. The ones that were going to take a lot of work or just look too beat up to work with, they're, they were trying to figure out how to recycle them whole cloth, just as books. And I got those books, traced them back to the company and said, I'll pick up the books that you are throwing away. And what were you going to do with that? You're picking up for yeah, what? Yeah. For what purpose? So, that was okay, my you just question. don't go, hey, I'm going to pick up your books. <laughs> well, for what purpose? What was your when idea? I, when I saw them, I saw that they were damaged, but if they were fixed, they'd have value. So you, you, you knew you can recondition them and get them back out there. <laughs> I knew if I could do it. I didn't if. Know that I'd okay, you didn't. All right, the big IF. Yeah. All right. Yeah, if I could fix it, then it'd be worth something. So the motivation is figure out how to fix the thing. Okay. Right, fix the book. Now, did you figure out that first before you started taking the books? Kind of, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so it's like, well, if I put a piece of tape here and a piece of tape here, that seems to hold together pretty good. And then books that's damaged like this, I can't fix that. So that has to get you know, tossed back into recycling. Um, and that idea of like, okay, I can fix some, I can identify the ones that I can fix pretty easily, I'll put those onto Amazon, when I sell them, I'll fix them and ship them. So that was the point, to go back to the, the name, we had gotten some help on the inside, because we used to sell on Amazon, and then we got off and we were trying to get back onto Amazon, and a friend of ours, um, Stephen Haney, he told us, he said, this is what you need to do, call this, do this, and so I applied for an Amazon account and we had to pick a name like it was in just in, like a, a few minutes and so yeah, but there's only one L in bull rush I know because yes. it's actually based on a bull rush basket and a bull rush basket is what Moses was placed on when his mom put him into the waters in in Egypt when because biblical were, we're yes. back to biblical fact, times we fantastic are. and so it was like really like Cast your head upon the water. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But bull rush books actually was taken. And so we turned it into a verb and it became bull rushed books. Okay. But it also gives sort of a connotation of fast shipping and powerful. And we were great with those connotations. And so we um, went for it and we haven't looked back and um, really, really glad because just like the story, right? Okay. How many years you've been doing this now? Four. Four. Four years, not long. No. Nope. So you're the used car salesman of college textbooks, there right? You go. Yeah, the chop shop. No. Yeah. Well, now chop shops are illegal. Oh. Used oh. cars? <laughs> do they? Well, I really? think they are. Yeah, those are stolen books, <laughs> stolen cars. Okay, but anyway, not, please don't tell people that we're so, illegal. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so obviously there has to be a profit in doing this, yep. and there is, and use automobiles, and we're going to use that analogy just because, yeah, you know, you can draw it, but. Talking before we started this podcast, Kristen, you really have your heart on, you're bringing a service to, to students, and, and, and tell us more about where your heart is on this, because it, there's really heartfelt, this isn't just money, 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 but it's, right. there's a heartfelt purpose behind this. Right, yeah, so of course we're going to make, you know, we're working hard, and ha- the money has to matter, but I think for me... When I think of education, it's so outrageously expensive. <laughs> textbooks, everybody knows. Like, if you have anybody about buying textbooks when they go to college, their eyes, they all gasp. Like, oh, I so have a expensive. daughter at the University of Southern California. She's going to start her senior year in August. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me. Right. <laughs> I can tell you. Right. Not cheap. And she always calls me when she picks up, Dad, I'm sorry, these books are so it's part of the deal. I already got right. it covered. But higher education 
is not cheap. Even if you're in the, the JCs, even if you're in the UC, state schools or whatever, private university, the, the cost is just exorbitant. Right. But it is what it is. It, 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 so that's but, what I think we're yeah. trying to offer is that um, a lot of these textbooks, they're also not necessarily built to last. We won't, we won't go after the publishing houses at all because they're our friends, but um, they do not build them to last. And so you'll have a textbook like this where it kind of breaks in the same spot every time. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. Textbooks are, there's new publishing every four years, you said? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so if you build the book to last four years, yep. have you not done what you're supposed to do? Exactly. But they're not lasting a year, two years? What, not, what you they're not lasting four years. Well, you're, wait a minute. Hold on. I was a college student once, okay? okay? Yeah, mm -hmm. I went to USC as well. I didn't really maintain my books because when, For sure. when class was finals were over, I had more fun tossing books, burning them, and doing whatever you <laughs> had. Okay? Now, you're expecting 18 to 22-year-old kids to treat this like it's fine jewelry? No, oh, not at all. I'm, I'm, I'd, be, I'd be glad to buy it back from them. But I, what I would do, and going back to your point, is that there are not everybody can afford that. You know, there's, there's a lot of students in, that go to colleges and university and community colleges that can't and do without or try to, what, what are their options? And so for me and for Mark and for our company, one of the things that really is important to us is that a book that would be $150, $200 new, we can take one that, you know, someone threw off on a campus or wasn't careful with and we can fix it and we can tape it and and repair it in such a way where we can sell it back to those kinds of people and it, it offers an alternative market for so, used textbooks. Okay, you've been doing it for four years. Now, if you look at your growth curve, are you starting to see this now? Are you starting, is your growth now really because you're, you're, you're getting out there more or do you feel like you're just now beginning to understand how to do this? What's the next step for you guys? Good question. Well, our first year we grew 490%. <laughs> Last no, if I could grow 490%, I wouldn't be sitting here doing piles of crap. <laughs> last year we grew 190%. Fantastic. Um, one of the interesting things that's happened in us is because we have had so much growth in such a short period of time, um, people have wondered that. But the thing is we do have a history of being booksellers way back when. So we didn't come to online sales just as newbies who have never had any experience. And so yeah. – we were able to build upon that, and um, and we have had a great team. We had a, a general manager who had been in the textbook business 14 years, and she was a great asset to us. And and then just getting to know people. One thing that I think helped us along the way was that we would go to our suppliers, go meet them face-to-face. -face. You, you, you do that as well. It's like go meet your clients, go meet your people, and I think that that has helped serve, serve the company a lot. But is your ultimate client – Okay, your ultimate client is a student, yep. but aren't they also the person that you can get the book back from? Yep. That's what we're working on. That's what we're, a buyback program. You know, program. your growth, you've yet to hit your growth. Somebody's going to have to be out there not going to be on college campuses throughout the United States. But i got to imagine you guys have a, probably a pretty good social media. I mean, kids today, you know, look, I, I learned a lot about social media. My, my kids, 21, 17, almost 18, Dad, you're on it more than we are. Uh, well... Okay, but there's a business to it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And how are the how are the, how are they finding out about you? Tell yeah. us how people know about you. How this do we is, get the word out? This is super funny because this is this is going back to Darren. This right? is go, it, definitely goes back to Darren. Darren laughs. 
uh, he's like, all right, so tell, like, we're talking about marketing and stuff. And I was like, well, I don't do any marketing. Like, all I have to be is on Amazon. That's it. So if my marketing spend is just being on Amazon, I'll give them a cut of my spend, but I'm one of those third-party sellers on Amazon. So I'm not Amazon itself, but I'm on Amazon, and there I am at the, at the price that they want me to be at. And so in one sense, yeah, I'd love to be talking directly to students. I'd love to have the brand recognition. Hey, I want a good-use textbook. I'm going to go directly to Bullrush Book site. But until that point, Amazon's getting my marketing spend because they're getting commissioned every time that I sell a book on okay, Amazon. Right. So as I walk through your warehouse, you have 15,000 books? At the moment, yeah. Okay. There's more than 15,000 college students in the United States, so you're going to have to have a, you're going to have to have a warehouse 10 times the size. Yep. Yes. Where are you going to get the books? How are you going to get the books? Yep. Tell me how you're going to get them. Let's get this story out. All right. So So we buy from companies that manage college bookstores. Okay. So uh, one example is Nebraska Book Company. They're one of our partners and they're really great people down in Lincoln, Nebraska. And they run, let's say, 1,200 stores. So they'll run this store at this college campus. This, co- So they run all the buybacks. Okay. And then the students will all process things through these different college university bookstores. And then eventually they make it back to that to that warehouse and then they send us the books directly that way. So there is we get it almost third. Right? And so you're absolutely correct that if the place to be too would be right there next to them. But at the same time, that's an expense. So we have to decide if if our partners are able to do that and we're able to serve them. The thing that we are unique in is that we're damaged. People don't do this. This is this is a thing why what would you always say? The thing that nobody wants to do is that that's what keeps us in business is that these big companies... You're doing the job nobody else wants to do. Absolutely. And so they don't have time for damage. They don't have it. So that's why we are a compelling partner for them because they just say, oh, Bullrush Books, send it to them. Okay. They'll take care of it. Well, that's... that's. You haven't grown yet. I mean, you've told me some great numbers, but... We're just starting. You're just starting. Who's the most excited about this? You or you? Who wakes up in the morning and nudges the other one out of bed? We're going to work. Huh? Who is it? The funny thing is that we're both excited, but for different reasons. I'm trying to think of the next way to fix a book, or I'm trying to You're more like the engineer of this group. I'm I'm the, whatever, innovation officer. You're in innovation. (laughs) What can we do next, and how we can diversify, and and I'm like, let's get some more books in the door. She figures out how how to get it done. I think I've tried what the thing is we're getting done. So so that so basically, what wakes us up, what wakes me up in the morning is, oh goody, I get to figure some clever new thing out. She wakes up going, oh my gosh, we've got so much to do, and here's all the things that have to get done. And then there's Mark saying, and we could also do this, that, and the other thing. I'm oh, like, yeah. okay, we should we should go into the scrap industry and bail up aluminum cans, honey. That'd be a really great idea. <laughs> Stop. And, and she's like, Trust me, yeah. we got out of that one. I mean, well, we have a full service scrap, but that's another story mm-hmm. because I, I, I love this story. I, I, this, is, um, this is really unique um, and it's part of the recycled chain. And, and, you know, Pile of Scrap is the Recycler's podcast and there's so many elements now recycling that I really haven't covered. Yeah. And because, see, when you... Get a book that's done to its life, Dan. Tell us what you're doing. What what are you doing with 
right. the paper and all and everything. All right, well, so that we, was one of the ideas that Mark threw on the plate is we had a trash issue. And I was like, babe, you've got to get this. Because the local recycling center stopped accepting our, we were trying to recycle our textbooks that we couldn't use. And, and we're recycling them whole cloth. So the whole book gets tossed right. to a Gaylord. Gaylord heads over to the recycling center. Recycling center calls us up one day and says, you know all those pallets of books you got outside your warehouse waiting for us to pick them up? We're not picking them up. Because yeah, well, there's paper no, values have cra- yeah. cratered too. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's because of that. It's not we can't we can't justify the expense of picking them up to right. recycle them. So there we are. And so Mark says, I think we should get a binder. And I said, Oh, I mean, and you're in machinery. Right, that's okay. what we do. So, Sierra, we sell a lot of so machines. So please tell me why we should spend twenty five thousand dollars on a binder. And <laughs> well, was he right? Yeah. Yes. Well, Eventually, of course he it was. Pay, eventually it pays itself off. So okay, so yeah. now you got the paper, you debinded it, you know, you take this part of the book out and you got yeah. all the different coded book paper and the what's the other what, uh, white 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 yeah, bright. Like okay, so now you've done something very unique with this because you have your own paper the pulp tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. So the idea was okay, yeah, we could do the thing where we say, Oh, we recycle our paper. But that Recycle our books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah we, no we recycle we recycle our books we recycle our paper. But the problem that I was running into was just like it could be so much cooler if we could say hey we recycle our paper turn it into new paper and then we bring it back in here. We've got all these people who can fix a book. Why can't we use that same skill to make a book? Right? Why can't right. we use that same skill that if we we're good at fixing something that same skill could cross over and we can make something out of it. So where does our paper go? So it's kind of like getting to go inside the guts of the recycling industry. So, okay, where, where, where does our kind of paper go to is what right. I started asking. And we found the pulping plant that de-inks the paper, right? And turns it into big rolls of newsprint. So I went up and visited them. I went and saw the big old shed, with the big old stacks of bailed paper flopping everywhere because you can't bail paper really well. Uh, and, uh, 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 you can bail paper beautifully. Books. But, books. Books okay, are not something. Yes. I sell paper bailers. So <laughs> <laughs> we can, you can bail beautiful, uh, all, you know, all newsprint, cardboard, it's, office pack, it's, you yeah, know, white pa- computer paper. But it's books. Books are just, just a, yes, they're, they're, they're not they're easy. They're tricky, yeah. yeah. So continue on. Okay, so there I am looking at, and, and this particular one is working with a lot of MRFs. They've got huge stacks of paper and getting to see, okay, this is how it's going to work. And I'm like, what's the end product? What does this look like? And they point me at this two-ton roll of paper. I'm like, I can't bring a two-ton roll of paper back into my warehouse. How am I going to – but I want to make something out of that paper. Okay. I want to get that paper up here, then I want to find someone who can turn that roll of paper into something else. Okay. And so we found a partner down in Lewiston um, that we're working alongside that was – had, was able we were able to send our paper down there and then they're able to al- and willing to allow us to be creative with different products that we can make from our paper so saddle stitch notebooks perfect bound notebooks well, here this yep. is a cute little you know little notebook that's a cute artistry but <laughs> uh, that's what I've used to, to for my notes so you making these little little notebooks yep Yep, we did a custom project. It was something we went to a conference in, in February of this year down in New Orleans and talked about how we're thinking about going into paper. And I think we were in Darren's office about a, three weeks before that tr- talking about social media and yep. about how we we're trying to get the word out about who we were. Yep. And so we go down 
talking about paper, and they're like, when? When can you do paper? This 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 year? This in by by fall? I was like, oh, give it give us a year. Yeah. Well, like a few weeks later, I get a call from one of our bigger suppliers, um, Chegg. They are um, textbook rental company. Okay. And so books will get damaged in that rental cycle, and then we get an opportunity to to buy those. And they said, I I have some money budgeted if you can make me some notebooks. And we said, okay. Let's do it. And so... So who, who figured out how to make these? Okay. So it's collaboration. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you got and, your books. And, yeah. And you we found were, them. Yeah, they, yeah. We had two weeks to come up and make 150,000 notebooks for them. And um, we were able to do that. And they're really happy. And they're putting another order in for 450,000 this week. That's, that's fantastic. You know... I want to see more uses for paper yeah. because I'm in the paper recycling industry <laughs> yes. and more uses creates more need for machinery. Okay, that's the selfish part about all this. But the fact of the matter is, is you got creative. Okay, this is something that I absolutely love. Something here about it's like a mini newspaper, but it's not a newspaper. What am I looking at? Tell, tell the people who who will listen now, of course, if people watching, they can see, but this is like an old, um, it's a mini newspaper. Uh, it's called a tabloid. Tablet, yeah. there, there mm-hmm. you go. Tablet, tablet. size. Okay, tablet size. And what am I looking at here? So it's chapter one of a book. So it's a book that's coming out in chapters in a serial form on newspaper, and then it gets mailed like a newspaper. So it's, it's showing up in your mailbox the way an, an, like a tabloid newspaper used to, but it's the first chapter of a book. And the next week or two weeks or three weeks out, the next chapter is going to show up. And the author of this is Indy Wilson, right? Yep. Yep. Yes. Well, now I know Indy, Nate, because he wrote the, the script for Mercy Rule, a, a movie I did mm-hmm. uh, that Darren filmed uh, with uh, Kirk Cameron. Yep. Um, had to do with baseball and, and the Little League and where my son has kind of taken off a little bit off of a, a summer experience I have with my son. <laughs> but... Um, this is a fantastic. So, so you instead of going and buying the book now, he's publishing his own book through this. Yep. But a chapter at a time. Yes. Yes. And so he's probably creating a higher demand. Oh, that chapter one was great. When's chapter two? When's chapter two? Right. So yes, creating quite a buzz. So how well, is it going? Kids, and kids love to get things in the mail, right? I used to love getting things in the mail. Today, everything that comes in the mail costs me money. You know, the bill. <laughs> well, <laughs> we need to get you signed up. No, no, no nothing anymore. We need to get yeah. you a subscription to N.D. Wilson's book then. So. Okay, so how many other authors have, uh, have seen this and going to come up with it? I think Ooh. it's, I think it's yeah. the new thing. I think that there's So limitless. you're going to be out going to the publishing house? I mean, are you going to... Anybody. I think that that's where we... There's an opportunity to reimagine uses for paper specifically in the newspaper industry where we all have news on our phones now sure but there are all these beautiful gorgeous machines that make beautiful things out of paper right right down the road and and newspapers have such a rich history and culture and piece piece of our culture and i think that you know a a friend of mine his name is vivek and he's doing a, a newspaper just for his law firm and well, you know, we used to have, hold on, we used to have a little newsletter. Uh, we call it Pressing News. We still have that, but we haven't done anything with it because social media. But, you know, this is a really cool format. And I think uh, 
I just hope though when you mail it to somebody, it doesn't get tossed in the company. Well, these, well, these, yeah, and that's the thing. The thing is, it survived the post. The post office delivered it beautifully. These came out of our it mailbox. It survived the it's, post office. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> that you said that, but it. This is really a fantastic. You know, it's it's. You guys are like the antique store, furniture store for books. You've created all new. You know how people take things and create something out of it, yes. and you're doing that with books through old paper, newspaper. Let's try it. That's fantastic. This is, should be something that could be big because you're, you're marketing really to the younger generation, like you said, who love getting something in the mail because they feel, wow, I'm important. I'm getting something in the mail. Right. Right, and I I wouldn't limit it just to that. I you know I think that there's some really beautiful things artists could do that are relevant. Now, um, people who are into branding, marketing, I think that marketing teams could be really realizing the, the use and the cost effectiveness of, of newsprint again. And it doesn't have to just be limited to just what it used to be. And, I, and that's what I like about Like you said, reimagining how to use things. And this is a really fascinating thing. I mean, what a concept from textbooks to, to notebooks now to many newspapers of a real life book instead of buying the whole book you're, you're creating that anticipation when's the new chapter gonna write right. so I th- right. and for kids to read you know, most kids hate reading my son hates reading okay he just he never understands why my daughter or myself when I travel that I've re- read books with that why would you read because it's good I like a good story oh, yeah. I hate reading because he's he's at that he's just not the student he's smart as heck right but he's just not doesn't like to be a student. Yeah. <laughs> but I bet you if he got a golf journal from Rory McIlroy mm-hmm. yep. that had a Rory McIlroy newspaper, he'd read it from... He'd be all in it. Absolutely. Right? Just gripped. So maybe an idea for you is to start marketing this your own company, mm-hmm. your own paper, and creating an own publishing company that you go to some of these people who can put out something in a different format for the younger people to get it. Instead of everybody just being buried on this right. doggone telephone. Right. Lift up, get up, look at the world and interact with it in a different way. And, and so we did. So we have Bullrush Books and then we launched Bullrush Paper. So that's what you we are. You know what? What a great story. What a great story. So I want to go back a little bit before we end up here. I do have a question though. Profit. I mean, you almost sound like you're there for the underprivileged and what you're doing with the textbook. Is, is profit bad? Is it good? Evil? What is it? Ooh, because in today's world, you got a lot of people tell you you make money, you're evil. What but you, you can't do this for free. <laughs> I think that one of the responsibilities of anybody, any business you have, is we're supplying jobs. And in order to help support other families and that's something that you asked earlier one of the reasons that you come to work is I love that we can provide jobs for people locally we live in a small town there's not there's 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 not like an endless opportunity of places you can go apply to work and so I hope and pray that our business can keep growing and we can supply jobs but that's based on growth and profitability and so I hope our kids want to come and take over a division of the company one day and and help grow it and to another level. Yeah. So, Mark, we, I'm going to get to this because you're you're a Central Valley, California Central Valley boy. I'm from yep. Bakersfield. You you were born and raised outside of South Fresno. Fresno, yeah, yeah. And so you were in the farming industry. 
Yep. What cotton? Cotton. What other crops? Oh, we have melons. So we still do tomatoes. Might do carrots right now. Just planted almonds for the first time. Who you do uh, growing carrots for? Bolt House, uh, Grimway, because in Bakersfield, where I'm at, the two biggest carrot producers in yeah. the world are Bolt House and Grimway. They were, and they 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 have so many different uh, subcontractors growing carrots for them. Are you guys doing that for them? No. So um, with the carrots, those were actually for Campbell's soup. Eventually. Okay, so you went into Campbell's so tomatoes yeah. for Campbell's soup as well. Um, Roma's, but for a canning facility right there in Lemoore. Okay, so really close by. And the uh, and the carrots particularly weren't the narrow ones; they're right. big, fat ones. So you're okay. getting a lot of square inches, so you could chop them up and cube them. Okay. Um. Yeah. So yeah, the. That was so the we end. we have that because I, Sierra, the original Sierra, Sierra Bag Company, where we supplied bags for the potato industry, for the onion yeah. industry, and then the cotton uh, bagging and ties. We did that. You know that that business fell by the wayside in California because water costs and whatever, what have you. But. Yeah, you know that's it's funny. You and I come from the same background. Yes. And here we are, in the somewhat recycling industry, if you will. Right. But food farming's recycling. You're using reusing the soil over and over and yes. over. Yeah. So it's just a different version of farming. It's You're a, a book farmer. A book farmer. Yep. Yes. <laughs> we say that all the time. Book farming for sure. Well, the roots of where you came from, and I don't know much about your background. You're not a Central Valley girl, Central but Valley. Uh, from Wisconsin. <laughs> but you know, I think that's just it's it's a great story. I hope people that listen to or watch Pile of Scrap can be motivated by you know it just isn't about big processing MRF facilities, waste facilities. That there is a niche. There's so much to this industry, mm-hmm. and you guys have provided a really unique niche. And you know what? You might be able to find people to listen to who who have a lot of books and say, hey, you know, what if I sent you some books? Right. Yeah. Right. You who don't us. know what, you're yeah. doing textbooks now. It could grow. Absolutely. Yeah. It could be anything. So maybe all you MRF operators out there who listen to this, right, you got Gaylords of books and a lot of textbooks, contact the Beachamps, the Bochamps. I want to call you a Bochamp. <laughs> I know, but it's Beachamp. my fault, yeah. Well, but, but, and thank you too, though. Like you said, this is part of, what you're saying and having these podcasts and these opportunities to talk about the industry is inspiring other people. And so thank you to you because yeah. part of this is all part of where our stories are kind of knit together now. Yeah. So yes, they are. I really appreciate that. Well, yeah. Mark, Kristen, I want to thank both of you for allowing me to tour your facility. The best of luck to you. Um, you're going to grow this thing, your success. You, you haven't even begun to hit your success yet. I can just see it, feel it. This is such, I, I mean, my marketing mind keeps going, Oh, what could you do with it? But I'm sure you got plenty. You're, you're doing great. But thank you both for hosting me here today in Moscow, Idaho. What a great little town. I love this place. I was told not to call it Moscow. It's Moscow. Uh, Moscow. So, it's, <laughs> uh, so you're from you're, you're Central words. Valley, boy. Yeah. We're in Moscow. Moscow. You know, potato, potato, right? Yes. So anyway, well, the two of you, thank you so much for hosting me and being part of an episode of Pile of Scrap. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> This has been a Sierra International Machinery original audio series. Thanks for listening. Please share this podcast and make sure to subscribe.